0: Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational and entertaining auto detailing podcast, hosted by Marshall Hill of
1: Total Auto Solutions and DJ Patterson of Eco Green Mobile Detailing. Grab a pint and enjoy.
2: You know what our favorite thing to do is? Uh, Drink beer. And when you're drinking beer, what's the next favorite thing?
1: Community. Community.
2: So, thank you to Sheldon. Thank you to Mobile Tech Expo. We're doing a community event there at Mobile Tech Orlando Friday five o'clock. Straight out of the event, Sheldon, where are they walking out to? You're gonna rock white not-
3: up. <laughs>
2: walk right out of the show floor, right into the pool area. We're gonna have a whole setup. You'll see some stepping repeats. You'll take some pictures. You'll see some bars. Most likely, you're gonna see the free beer, so you can't miss it. Can't miss free beer. Come out for fun. Come out for everything, but mostly for community. community. <coughs> hey, Mister Patterson. Hey, Mister Hill. Hey, we should talk about something. Let's do it. All right. I would like to talk with you about community. All right. And about the major event going on at Mobile Tech Expo, where we are going to have a community event where everybody that attends Mobile Tech Expo walks out to a pool, deck, food, and free beer.
1: We got to talk about it. We have to talk about it.
2: It's Mobile Tech Expo coming up late January. We're gonna start plugging now because, like, we're not like not even hiding it. Like, that's amazing. There's no hey, wait and listen. Like, fuck, you got to get to Mobile Tech Expo because it's gonna be twenty twenty is gonna be insane. Yeah,
1: probably one of the funnest Mobile Techs. Incredible. Believe yet? Yeah. Yeah.
2: You can go to register. And if you use Pints, you'll get a special discount. So go get registered. Mobile Tech Expo in Orlando. Use Pints as a coupon code. Cheers, Cheers, community. (laughs) The Pints and Polishing Podcast, where DJ decides not to fully partake of his beer because i'm looking at over here right now yeah. and there's still beer left in your glass and, there and is, you've and only one. had
1: 1.75 you're right and there's one more in there that technically would be mine and i'm probably not gonna drink it
2: i not gonna drink i'm know. gonna, gonna drink. leave i'm gonna leave the beer here beer. <laughs> so that when you want to drink a beer it's there
1: oh
2: <laughs> and so then when idea. mine's sitting there and it's another beer. Don't do me any favors. You need to drink your beer that's there in the fridge. I probably will not drink it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do so great a job on
2: picking the beers. I like Left Hand Brewery, though. I think they're freaking badass brewery. I like their milk stout uh, nitro, but you're right. I mean, it was, it was a little different. It just didn't go. It's fine. Yeah. Is what it is. We don't have to like every beer.
1: Exactly. We talked yeah. about that before. We don't have to have beer that we, we don't always have to have Coors Light, right? Like we don't, we don't just don't have to always have Coors Light on the podcast. So what do you think about the podcast, man? Was it well, good? of
2: course we don't have to have Coors Light. Why, why in, the hell? That right why in the hell? that right now. Why in the hell would we want to have Coors Light our, our guest? on the podcast? Well,
1: because our guest was is in Denver right now. He resides in Denver. Why would we not? The Rockies, have you seen the cans? With the uh, the mountains they turn purple. Yeah. When they're cold. Yeah. How freaking cool is that? I mean, who else does that?
2: Well, nobody's nobody exactly cheesy enough. Nobody's cheesy exactly. enough. Nobody has to market no so hard the that they go that they go, Hey, our beer's it. shit, <laughs> but hey, look at our can. <laughs> no one has the
3: green
2: capacity to pull that kind of
1: stuff off. I mean our guest was pretty freaking smart.
2: Uh really smart. Really freaking smart. Should we tell him what it is or just let him guess?
1: Probably let's let him guess. He's in Denver. He's he's really freaking smart. Really smart. He's been in the industry for a very long time.
2: Very long time.
1: Started in California.
2: Started in California.
1: Had a business for 12 years. 12 years. Sold it, regretted it, got back in the business, and uh, went into...
2: Working sales. Yeah. And he got his first gig because he cleaned the guy's car.
1: That owned the company.
2: That owned the company. He was the only detailer entrusted... To clean this very prominent, prominent—it's a great word, good yeah, choice. Thank you. Uh, I'm gonna go with community on that. All right. Yeah, and uh, that's what got his foot in the door to start the whole rest of his career. You where know, now we
1: have to title this company. We can't even put his name in the title now. You're right. We, this whole little teaser was for nothing.
2: And then we can't put his picture because we have to put it though. He, he's he. <laughs> He well, well, better. I'll we really hope. We butchered that one. Yeah. No, I was, you know, every once in a while I was a little stuttered to really make sure I say what I'm really meaning to. Okay. He has the opportunity to, we have the opportunity to be his first. We're going to, hopefully,
1: he's hope allowing he us to pop his cherry. I, I really hope he does. I really hope he does. I really hope so. I, I really. And then all 2,100 followers will see. The picture. It's an epic picture.
2: It's an epic picture. The only picture on his Instagram. Right now he's got 2,100 followers.
1: (laughs) Hopefully it's up to like three now. (laughs) Pretty good looking guys.
2: Yeah. Uh, You think so? Think so what?
1: Yeah. Nothing. Never mind. That you're a pretty good looking
2: guy? Is that what you... Really? (laughs) 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 Really? That you just asked me that? (laughs) If I think you're a pretty good looking guy? It
1: doesn't matter. That's not what I asked. It's not? It could have been.
2: Do you want me to take my hand off your leg? Your left hand. Ooh, my left hand. Because it is the stranger.
1: No, it's because this beer is left hand. milk stout, nitro. Oh,
2: Um, I was going to let you have the left hand. I was going to take the right.
1: You know what? I think we should let them listen to the podcast now. I guess. Okay. All right.
2: (coughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. Hey, Mr. Patterson. Good job, Marty. Nice intro. Hey, this is round two. We're on round two two of the intro. Okay. (laughs) Round two, because we have the man, the myth, the legend on today. Yeah, who's that? Literally one of the legends of the industry. He's sitting right here next to us. His name's Paul. Paul, welcome to the Bicep Hey, hey, thank you so much. I am so glad to be here.
3: You guys might know me from before. I don't have my Stone Cloud Neon Sunshine, (laughs) but I do have a Renaissance Vienna Locker. (laughs) Good job, Paul. Paul, Paul, who? Uh, <laughs> meet Paul. Paul's our neighbor. Oh, hi, Paul. yeah. Yeah. Paul's our neighbor. Hey, Paul. I'm just like Mike Jones. I, you say Paul, who? I go, that's right. <laughs> wow. Man, didn't didn't right. take you to know that. <laughs> well, now you know.
2: Um, no, uh, Mr. Jason Rose, thank you so much for the time, for coming on. And uh, we, uh, we brought out a special beer just for you. We, oh. Yeah. Did we? We did, huh? We did it just for him uh, because he is hailing now from uh, up in the Rocky Mountains area. We got Coors. So we left the water. You there. know what? That would have
1: been uh, that, would that would not have, have been would, be, it would have been an order. Never
2: would have been great. Now he is in Denver, Anytime so we definitely should have gotten Coors. Like is
1: that why you said I'll get the beer?
2: Uh, no, I just because it was my turn to get the beer.
1: Oh. Because yeah. I would have gotten course. Uh, uh,
2: uh. I just, would not have. <laughs> we would have had to go get Cloud Neon <laughs> we Sunshine.
3: Have, we would have <laughs> had to do that.
2: <laughs> no, but uh, we went with uh, Left Hand. So Left Hand oh. is up. Uh, <laughs> is that, is
1: that, yeah? Yeah. Left S- Hand, huh? Mm-hmm. Speaking of strangers. Whoa. Left Hand
2: actually makes a beer called The Stranger. They do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and why would you? I know. <laughs> So we toured Left Hand uh, a couple years ago. Really love, really love the place. So I was going to tell you how to pour this beer.
1: Well, next one. Next one.
2: This is their nitro stout, so ah, you're supposed right to there. hard pour. Hard pour. So you straight dump it. Oh wow. Yeah. Interesting. It's a much different style, and it goes for that. Yeah, that's what you're looking for. I love that. Mhm. Oh wow, that's it's like a cream. I don't know what it is. It it's it's different, um, but. Uh, yeah. It's a it's a good fun beer, and uh, I think did they recently? Is the rumor or did was it just a rumor? I think they just recently sold out. They sold out. And Left Hand is a employee owned brewery, and so the picture I saw was everybody celebrating because every single person that worked there got a little piece of the pie. Oh, good. Yeah, right. Like much different concept. So, you Colorado They ins, did, uh,
0: did the right hand?
3: buy it (laughs) one.
2: the right hand did buy it (laughs) all right so jason rose give us a little introduction there's going to be i think out of our five listeners there'll be two that don't know who you are (laughs) so well first of all we want everybody to know who is jason rose
0: thank you for inviting me i appreciate being a guest on your podcast and uh you know, I apologize ahead of time. I'm not a beer drinker, but I did just for you, because I'm in Colorado, I got myself some Arizona hundred percent natural, real brewed sweet tea.
1: I thought you were going somewhere else with that, you know, since you're in, <laughs> since Bay, he's in Colorado. In Colorado <laughs> natural. <laughs> you got
2: some special tea, did you? Did you go boil some special tea and put it in there? A little green tea. That's yeah, you right. got a little and green tea. tea. Might, it, might,
3: it might be a little leafy. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: That's awesome. All right, so Jason, we want to know, I mean, where you grew up, where you're from. Give us a background story of you as a kid.
0: Well, born in uh, Michigan.
2: Not overseas. Um, we, just, we thought oh, somewhere. No, you yeah, thought somewhere. Yeah. somewhere. I, I, <laughs> you I just always thought you were from Europe somewhere for some reason. Because, because of
0: my bloody accent. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. See. Now, <laughs> um, born in Michigan, and you know, lived the first seven years of my life there. Moved to um, California, and spent most of my adult life in California. Although I did live um, in several other states. My my dad traveled around a lot. Um, so I've lived in you know, quite a few different states, um, South well, Carolina, what part of California? Illinois, uh, Puerto Rico, uh, Texas, you know, your we dad moved was, around. Was he was military? A What's that?
1: He was military.
0: No, he's not military. He was into drugs. Oh, um, well, I think they call it pharmaceuticals, but <laughs>
3: yeah, you know, <laughs> pharmaceutical rep, huh? legal,
0: illegal, what does it matter?
3: <laughs> Matters more now than it did back then, right? Mm.
0: Yeah, he was—he was a product developer. Back in the, in the days, company. you could smuggle <laughs> pretty easy. So he made
1: some good—he made some good cheddar, huh?
0: <laughs> made some good stuff, yeah. Uh, but most of the time in California, so I went to high school and college in California. What part? And I uh, was in Southern California, in um, mostly in Huntington Beach, but did uh, about ten years in Simi Valley. You know where that is? Nope. Nope. North of Los Angeles. So that's when I started detailing. Actually, when I was in high school. <clears throat> so high school age, started doing uh, family, neighbors, cars, and then worked my way into uh, doing, you know, teachers at school and things like that. And that evolved into a detail business. Uh, that was mobile.
1: What
2: year are we talking? I did that for
0: twelve years what year oh what year that was uh oh you're gonna you're gonna age me now
1: huh Uh -huh. i know that was marty i had to re-ask the question for you i would never do that for you to you
0: (laughs) so let's say it was in the uh the mid 1980s ish um so yeah and that evolved into a, a pretty successful business that got me through college so my primary reason for getting into mobile detailing was to get myself through college and um, actually kind of unique nowadays, but I completely financed my six years of college uh, by polishing on cars. Oh, wow. So there was no student loans, you know, nothing like that. It was completely financed by uh, wiping on cars. So Uh, I don't think that happens too much nowadays. It costs too much to do college now.
2: Yeah, but so I wouldn't, Jason, I'm glad you mentioned, I didn't know that that was, you started back in high school. So I, I wanted to ask the year so that people could understand there's not a lot of guys that can start in the industry and continue through their whole career. Yeah. Like I, I don't know of maybe one or two, so that's, I'm really glad you brought that up and I didn't mean to age you, but I wanted to age you at the same time so that One of the things we've really been talking lately to is guys that are one to three years in the business, right? You know, that's a really key part of if they expect to grow long term, that one to three years is very important. And to have the mindset of how do I make a career out of it? And you yourself have made a career in the industry, which is awesome. So that's, that's super cool.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for saying that. It it was, you know, I graduated high school in 1981, so that gives you a time reference. Uh, I started detailing before that, but um, since high school, basically started polishing on cars and never stopped. I've been doing it my whole life. So um, it's multiple decades. uh, And it evolved into what I, I think is like a dream job right now for for a high school kid that was just wiping on cars what I do today is is fantastic as a as a career and as a job and uh, I have to pinch myself occasionally just to make sure I'm really doing what I'm doing cuz it's really and and there's lots of career paths in in detailing I chose the the training and the product development path but there's many other paths for people to choose that, that, that it could be a very very successful and happy career for people in this business
2: uh what uh defined polishing paint back in the 80s like what 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 (laughs) machine were you using this down you know was that wool pad rotary of course what compound you know do you remember any of that they probably only had like a couple options right
0: well when it came to rotary you know there was very limited options um you know back then you could you could get the black colored rotary or the yellow-colored one, but that was it. <laughs> the black-colored one?
1: Dewalt or? That's the black one. I don't know. Nikita's blue. Well,
3: black oh, black and Decker. Black and blue. Oh, oh black,
1: black
3: and Decker. Decker. Got no. it. Got, I have one over there. <laughs>
1: a rotary, huh? Would you like
3: it? <laughs>
0: nah. <laughs> um, but actually, interesting um, that you ask about that, because I did not start detailing with a rotary like many people did back then. Um, I actually sold against the results of Rotary even from the very first uh, year of my business. So I started with the Cyclo uh, Orbital Polisher, that you know, the twin head mm-hmm. That's monster. That's the first
2: one you started with?
0: The very first tool I picked up. Wow. And I did that for um, a good eight years into my business. I used the Cyclo the first eight years because... What I did is I went and sold against Do you find
2: that extremely ironic that, that you work with them now? Yeah. Like, how crazy is that? That's why I couldn't get over yeah, that. I was like, very, wait, that's the very first very tool strange. you picked up. And there you are. And now you're yeah. working with
1: them. That's freaking awesome.
2: That's, well, that's really I went, cool.
0: I went under the mantra of, um, you know, guaranteed no swore marks. So I would advertise and promote and sell my detail services based on a guarantee of no rotary and do swirl marks and it was an easy guarantee to make because that cyclo tool can't i can't make a swirl mark but i would spend a lot of my time fixing other people's swirl marks and and selling against um detailers that use rotary Uh, but eventually i picked up the rotary and uh you know i can say it now back then um i wasn't very open about it but I i was very successful with that cyclo tool selling against rotary, but it was mainly because I didn't know how to use a rotary. <laughs> so, um, it took me years to figure out that I needed to, to use a rotary. And, uh, do you
2: remember the first one you burned?
0: Yeah. Um, it was actually the very first week that I started using a rotary. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I burned down the whole side of a, a Mercedes Benz, oh, a, a sedan.
1: The whole side. And
0: thing. Uh, at the time, the fix for that cost me about $3,000, a little over $3,000, which, which in 1980s yeah, money, yeah, that was um, it 40, was like 000. put me out of what? business kind oh, of money. Yeah,
2: it was insane. That was insane. Three thousand bucks but yeah, in the I... '80s was <laughs>
3: wow. Yeah. yeah, back back in the uh, mid '70s, I mean, the average take-home pay for somebody was about twelve hundred. So three thousand dollars in nineteen eighty would have been
1: three months' salary.
3: Yeah, I mean, wow. it, it would have been.
2: So I want to know: Do you think guys think still have correct. pictures of you and your parachute
3: pants? Like that's what I want to know. I still have the parachute pants. You what still have you? the what parachute pants. You, you want about? them? <laughs> 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 the do you what? want them? <laughs> <laughs> I still uh, have my OP shorts and my half shirt. Oh, the OP <laughs> shorts are the best. What are the oh the short shorts? Ocean Pacific, no, the, yeah, no. the corduroy blue, corduroy Ocean Pacific pants, yeah. and the Ocean oh, Pacific half half shirt that doesn't look near as good now as it did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I found some shorts the other day in a picture that I had. Did you guys ever remember those patch ones that they came out with that looked like patches all over your shorts? I was
1: crawling on my mom's floor. No, that was a after baby. my time.
3: Yeah, I mean that was it was it was in the eighties though. I remember the cotton is it cotton patch dolls or what? no, at me.
2: it wasn't dolls cabbage. like it was it was oh yeah no not cabbage patch, uh, but they were it was right around that time because I had op shorts and then I bought those and I found a picture of them the other day. Yeah. It literally looked like you were wearing patches all around your shorts. That Mom, maybe that was just an Oklahoma <laughs> thing. That's hideous. <laughs> yeah, that sounds horrible. <laughs> all right, so you grabbed the uh, the. You grab the rotary. You got the black one or the yellow one?
0: Oh, I started with a Black & Decker, um, and then uh, a Snap-on branded Black & Decker, and then they went to DeWalt. And so, yeah, I've had all those. I've had the the Sioux buffer. I've had the Milwaukee buffer. I've had all those rotaries over time. Nice. Um, But I eventually did develop some very, very good rotary skills, and um you know use those for detailing but also for selling you know mcguire stuff over the years and um i'm I'm happy to say i have very very good rotary skills as well as dual action skills so my skill set is pretty balanced in that respect all
2: right so you're buffing cars and then what happens how do you what's what's next in your career college so i got
0: through college and uh is a fantastic business for any of your listeners that are uh, college students. It's, it's a fantastic uh, business to be in because you can, on a mobile basis, you can schedule your own hours. You can work around your work schedule, et cetera. And um, I actually was making more money than my friends and working less hours. So it's a fantastic business in college. Um, but when I graduated college, uh, which took me six years to get my four year degree, I, I still have six courses left well, for my for the my drinking, associate's the degree. Age back then was eighteen, so you
3: know the first couple of years you just spent down in the uh, on the strip. <laughs> yeah.
0: So um, when I graduated, I sold my business actually to one of my employees, um, but then really missed you know working on cars. It only took me about three, three months of not running my business where I realized, you know, I made a mistake. So uh, that's when I got back into detailing and uh, got hired by McGuire's in 1996.
1: So you had your detail business, you said, for eight years, right? Twelve. Oh, twelve years. Wow.
0: Twelve years. Uh, what brought
2: about McGuire's? How did that happen?
0: Well, my business in Huntington Beach, um, it evolved to actually Barry McGuire, uh, being one of my customers. Hmm. So, um, back then Barry had done his own cars on a weekly basis, but he had gotten so busy that he, you know, decided to give an outside detailer a try at taking care of his cars and he had several cars at the time, but I was actually the very first detailer that barry hired to do his cars because prior to that he had been doing his own cars later paul See you, Paul.
3: take care of my companion, is your your companion your companion
2: friend. your friend <laughs> paul's gonna go take care of yeah his some companion. business Bye, <laughs> yeah.
1: well, paul
2: yeah think of paul mm-hmm. as like kramer that's,
1: that's he just busts in yeah, every now and then comes in heads out
2: so, so
0: you yeah, started that's how that I his... started as uh, Barry, Barry was my customer, and that evolved to me doing some of the uh, executives and managers' employees at the McGuire's office in Irvine, California. Oh, okay. So,
2: so it's over by there. Yeah, honey, yeah. yeah. I do know. Oh, you okay, I never, gotcha,
1: yeah. 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 I went to so that it, uh, NXT uh, training you guys had out there when you were – it was kind of right at the end of your, your little uh, time with uh, McGuire's, wasn't it?
0: My little time, my 20 years. <laughs> yeah. I'm
1: hey, old. I'm trying to not make you sound so old, you know?
0: <laughs> not to make me seem old.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, that, you know, that evolved into every Friday, every week I was at the McGuire's office doing cars and uh, eventually in 1996, I got hired by them, entry-level sales. I worked sales for 10 years with them and then uh, moved into uh, training and product development and Mm -hmm. Um, I was with them for 20 years, and now I moved to Denver, Colorado, uh, working with the Rupus Company now, and we got to, you know, build a a world-class, fantastic training academy in Denver.
1: The the facility is incredible. Yeah,
0: yeah. you guys were there. Yeah, Um,
1: this year, last year. This year. This year, yeah.
0: Yeah, earlier this year so you have anyway to apologize. dj's a, a
2: young and he forgets very often well, it, we, it was were in like co- we were in five colorado months ago we
1: were in colorado so
0: <laughs> yeah it gets kind of foggy yeah a little, so. a little <laughs> memory's a little
1: foggy <laughs> since that trip
0: uh so yeah that's me okay <laughs> What about you, Marty?
3: <laughs> it
2: says okay, that's me. <laughs> good like segue, good about, segue. So. All right, so DJ, talk to me about uh, the Milk Stout Nitro.
1: I've never liked this beer. Okay. Yep.
2: Uh, so uh, I thought you liked coffee.
1: I do, but when I'm drinking, when I'm trying to wake up and have coffee, like in the morning, you know, breakfast. You know, in the evening if I want to wake back up again, but. Mm-hmm. When I'm thinking about having a drink and taking a, having a buzz, I don't think coffee whatsoever. Okay. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I guess you're not really a stout person. I don't like stouts. It's, tastes, oh, you don't
1: like them at all? Uh, there's one that, um, what's the company, is it Prairie? They've mm-hmm. got that really, really, really good stout. Other than that, I don't really like them too much. They taste kind of flat and just...
2: Well, you also poured it wrong.
1: So the whole time, this beer is going to taste gross because I poured it wrong.
2: It's going to taste different when you pour it
1: correctly. That's oh. the whole
2: point of the nitro. Ask part. me
1: after this one. Okay. All right.
2: So part of that nitro is it. You saw it the way it's dancing, like you and you're supposed to drink it pretty, pretty quick. Oh. To keep that fizz going.
1: Noted. So. You should yeah. have told me.
2: Well, you didn't give me a chance. You You, should have told me. You just grabbed it and
0: started going. That's
1: what we usually do. We
2: just grab it and start going. I know, and it feels always so great.
0: Hmm. (laughs) Can you grab it and just go? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Grab and go. Start going. Interesting. (laughs) Moving on. How's your tea?
0: (laughs) Yeah, if anybody would like to know, this this sweet tea is uh, very sweet. (laughs)
1: <laughs> how many grams of sugar are we looking at 30 <laughs> i
0: don't know a lot 32 grams
2: that ah, was close well you gotta times that by two right there's two servings in that Mm-mm. so you're 60 something grams of two. that's one serving Mm-mm.
0: is yeah, it two I, I should be having a buzz by the end of this <laughs> <laughs> definitely
2: all right so when 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 i first i mean i've known who you are right but never have really formally sat down hung out with you haven't really set into your teachings until when dj and i came up there to the rupes facility we came up with uh, one of my distributors uh for our coatings and we put on a class together with you and i when they told me that we were going to do it there i was super excited and um, ready to go see the facility but no clue that it was the way it was. Yeah. Right. Like you were right. It's state of the it's art. It's state of the art for it's, sure. Yeah. It's pretty amazing.
1: Are you guys hiring at all? <laughs>
0: uh, it's pretty fantastic. And for a detailer, you know, it's a dream come true to build a facility like this. Cause as you guys saw, it it really is designed to be a fully functioning detail center, even though it's a training center. But, you know, one could actually run a a oh, absolutely. Out of this oh, inc-
1: the, light, yeah. the lighting system you have in there is pretty phenomenal. Yeah,
0: it's, yeah. it's amazing. How that, Walk
1: us through how the lighting
2: system because when you did it, you could like lower it, you could change the colors, you could do all kinds of stuff.
0: Yeah, you know, the disco ball and all that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys didn't see the disco ball?
1: No, we didn't see that. We didn't see that, disc- was that, was, yeah. that was the after <laughs> hours part. We, we had to burning. jet out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, when we put the pole out there, you guys uh, left the building. I think we
1: missed that too, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: But, I mean, <laughs> w- walk us through it real quick. What's involved? What's all is in the lighting?
0: Well, it, there's actually two different kinds of lighting on that light truss. Um, there is a fully adjustable LED lights for paint correction, and they're adjustable in two ways. The, they're adjustable for intensity Um, And then they're adjustable for the the color temperature of the light spectrum. So those are the two ways that they're adjustable for paint correction. And what we know is that a a common mistake detailers make is they get really bright, intense lights. Mm -hmm. And um, that actually can fatigue your eyes and actually work against your eyes seeing white scratches on clear coat um, easier so what you really need is contrast you don't need intensity so intensity is an adjustment that we make to an individual person's eyes so you drill down the intensity to the point that their personal eyes can see the three state there three levels of defects so there's deep medium and fine levels of paint scratches and if the intensity is adjusted correctly then your eyes will see all three of those levels of defects Hmm. and then the the color temperature uh, adjustment is basically for adjusting to the color of the car so and and i find
2: so one of the things i've you know we you, you and i i said a couple times during that training i said you and i speak very similar language we we have a lot of the same views and one of the sayings and teachings that you taught, I have absorbed into our training. And I always give you credit because um, you're where I, I heard it.
1: i have given you crap, dude.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was that you only need two things in, in regards to lighting. And that first one is what you said. You need contrast. Um, yeah. And, and the second is you need a 45-degree angle. And right. I started looking at the way I did it, and I go, yeah, that's the way I do it, but I never knew it that that was that way, like, hmm. especially a 45-degree angle. We would always put it over there because we could just see down the car better and we Correct. could see it, but I didn't ever know why. So you, you actually have this, the science behind it too.
0: <laughs> and there really is science. Um, there There is a um, scientific method that has proven that that angle uh, for optical clarity is the way the human eye works. So it's hmm. not a... It's not a magic thing about how light works, but it's how the human eye receives refraction. And if you want to see clarity on a surface, you need that forty-five degrees. It's it's that simple.
1: So we're in a like a headlamp. These stars that wear a headlamp sometimes in a maybe a darker whatever. But that's you're saying that's not optimal lighting or sufficient.
0: Well. it's if it helps you to see contrast then yes it's helpful lighting but again i'll go back to my three levels of defects there's deep medium and fine Mm -hmm. and if you want your eyes to see all of those that exist in the paint finish you're going to need a 45 degree angle the headlights will give you the deep and and the medium but the super micro marring and the fine stuff you're not going to see as well that is
1: true yeah
2: and what about the we won't talk brands but the ones that you stick on the tool i mean that's yeah that'd be the same way right you're just going to see the heavy stuff but you won't ever see the light
0: yeah because it's not possible to put those lights on a tool and have it be a 45 degrees to your eye Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, unless you're standing across from somebody using those lights but yeah you're going to see defects it'll help you illuminate defects and it actually i mean i like those lights i'm not bagging on those but if you want to see the full spectrum of all the size defects um, and you use that kind of light it's best to turn off your ambient light so every every bit of your ceiling lights and all your room lights turn all those off and then that'll help you get more contrast
2: Hmm. and there's been a trend which you guys did is black walls right so there's a yeah, trend again, now for doing for black. Because yeah. usually
1: you would want a bright, everybody's super always bright done facility. white. Yeah. yeah, white floors, white walls, yeah. white.
0: Well, the mm-hmm. two, the two things
2: white, white, that white, I see. White, um... white,
1: white. Mm-hmm. white isn't always right.
2: Well, apparently not. Black now is they're... black
1: is the new. Be really curious,
2: Jason. I'm really looking forward to seeing later in in our career, will people go back?
1: Once you go black, though, Marty, I don't, I mean, I don't think you ever go back.
2: I, like, is black walls <laughs> the thing now? We can never go away from black walls. Is that what you're saying?
1: Once you go black, you never go yeah. back. Okay. Well, white isn't right. <laughs> that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be, that's gonna be tough. tough.
2: Forever black.
1: We got some really big walls in there too. Really? Yeah. Huh. Anyways. Thick or just thin? Uh, girthy. I mean. Girthy. Really, yeah. Girthy. <laughs> 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 what? <laughs>
2: that's a girthy wall. Yeah. <laughs> what the? <laughs> yeah. <It's> black. Well, <laughs> that's the a nice wall you have there. It's mighty girthy. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> knew we would end up in this crowded gutter.
1: <laughs> we're all here together. Well, yeah, we're here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So contrast, and uh, uh, you know, the two things I see very common on Facebook posts and stuff, um, and I cringe every time I see it. But people post their nice-looking detail shops, and they look fantastic on Facebook pictures. But complete white walls, and then they have the race deck, yeah. checkered floors. Correct. And those two things, the white walls and the checkered floors, are my two biggest pet peeves about looking at the clarity of defects in paint. Because textured floor works against you seeing scratches, not helping you. And then white walls does not help you with contrast. So your eyes actually have to work harder to see fine defects in that environment. Hmm.
1: I like it. Do you? Yeah, we should paint the walls black.
2: Well we? Yeah. I did the first round, so
1: You did the white ones, I'll do the black ones. There you go. Perfect.
2: Yeah. I I think it's a good trade. Yeah. Alright. All right, so let's get into topic number one.
1: No, we're not even in topic number one yet. Wow, that's a, a lot of squirrels we just chased there, Marshall.
2: You know? We'd like to chase. You know what they say. I do. Once you paint a white wall you'll never paint it again unless because somebody else wants to <laughs> and if somebody else wants to paint that wall black they can go right ahead yeah hey our wall will stay white it's gonna stay white because <laughs> <laughs> I'm in charge of painting it It ain't happening <laughs> uh, All right so let's define uh, let's define and I'll let you start uh, let's define the word paint correction.
0: Yeah, so um, I guess the premise of paint correction is that uh, daily driven cars or cars that are exposed to the elements, they uh, acquire defects in their day-to-day life. And it can be environmental um, impacts, and it could be from, you know, love marks or washing the car. Mm. Um, or going through automated systems, is that mostly on
2: the hood? Yeah, it's probably on the right hood. on kind of the front part of the hood. That's the why you PPF marks? them.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> those
0: ahead. are footprints and fingerprints. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> keep
1: going. I'm listening. <laughs> California,
2: them California boys know how to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I've, heard.
0: I've heard. Oh. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Uh, I have not witnessed that myself, but yeah, um, anyway, so yeah, paint correction tends to be the word we use to describe, um, uh, removing these fine defects or heavy defects, whatever they might be, and then correcting the paint back to, uh, a new or like new condition where you have optical clarity and gloss and, and, uh, the paint looks better. So yeah.
2: DJ, when did you meet. first remember hearing the word? Pink cor- words, up uh, pink correction.
1: I uh, don't really remember the year by any means. Uh, three years ago, nah, four years ago, longer than that. Twenty-eight some years ago. Probably. F- so business for ten years, maybe six years ago. Okay. Six seven years ago. Okay. It was year one to three, so probably year two. So it'll been eight years ago.
2: But it was just in what? I mean, I. For me, it's more like four years, five, six, somewhere around through there.
1: That was back when everyone was, yeah. No, I'm, I'm pretty, yeah, about eight years ago. All right, so 20? That
2: would have been 2011. 2012?
1: 2011, 2012, yep. Okay. Because 2012 is when I went, my first, went to my first uh, event. It was Mobile Check in Orlando back in 2012. I think that was the first year I went to SEMA, too, but that's when I started hearing the terms because I was actually engulfing myself in the industry with other like-minded people. Mm-hmm.
2: So. And so what about you? Do you remember the first time you heard the words paint correction?
0: Um, yeah, I think i go back to mobile tech but probably nine or ten years ago, mm-hmm. um, I would say. And it probably came, I think the first time I heard it was written uh, actually on the, one of the detail forums back in the 1990s. Um, but if you go back to 1980s speak, you know, we're we're gonna cut and rub on that car. Uh, are you gonna wheel on that thing?
1: Oh gosh. Yeah, cut and buff. Oh, here, guys. Yeah. yeah people ask all the time, you "Gonna cut?" I just want cut, cut and, and polish. Mm-hmm.
2: Like, you gonna buff and polish that? What do you like? What do you mean? Yeah. So the kind of the reason why I was asking that, um, what did you used to do before you did paint correction?
0: Well, it was uh, basically trying to improve the clarity as much as you can. Um, and within the limits of what tools and products were available, you just kind of removed as many defects as you could, but, uh, it was mainly creating a lot of gloss, getting the, getting the paint shiny. Um,
2: how, how would you define what you used to do? Okay. Let me just back that question out. The reason why I kind of asked it that way, I'll just cut to the chase and stop asking questions. Here you go. Paint correction is only the word, right? You say, I say five or six, you say eight, you you know, but let's just say 10 years, right? In the auto detailing industry and world, the term has really only been, you might have heard it once or twice, but really 10, eight, 10 years ago and not really popping, so to speak, like full term that everybody uses more like three years, four years ago. It really came main stage, I think. Now every single person does paint correction.
0: Yeah, it's actually overused now.
2: Actually,
1: overused. I think it's improperly
0: used.
2: Improperly used, and so yeah. we've come out. I think a couple years ago, talking with Justin Lobato. It, it, we kind of, and then when we were in training with you, it kind of came out the word paint enhancement. Yeah. So, how would you define paint enhancement versus paint correction?
0: well um there's definitely a difference enhancement means exactly what it sounds which is you're taking whatever condition the paint is and making an improvement um but generally speaking when when i personally think of paint enhancement it's within the confines of of a one-step procedure on the car where you're you're doing a once-around on the car you're not your objective is not to get show car quality results but you're you're going once around the car trying to get as many defects out as you can within the confines of that one step
2: and we've talked at your training and then dj and i've talked if you want to throw out percentages we're going to do paint correction is what percentage of defect removal Paint enhancement is what percentage
0: Well, I think, um, and I don't remember exactly what we talked about when you guys were here with your group, but since then, I've kind of refined that conversation a little more. So um, I put it into three levels of paint correction, paint enhancement, Um, and let's say level one, which is paint enhancement, is literally a one-step around the car, but the expectation is somewhere between 50 and 70% defect removal. Um, And I like to think of in percentage of defect removal. Uh, So somewhere between 50 and 70. Um, And the reason I say 50 to start with is because if you're using today's technology and tools and compounds and pads, and if you can't go around the car once and get 50% or more of the defects, then I'm sorry, you don't know what you're doing it's it's really easy to get at least 50 percent defect removal in a one step so that that's what I would call pain enhancement is somewhere between 50 to 70 percent
1: now and the next level up we call mid-tier you know, mid-tier type pain correction and that would be in your 70 to 90 um, percent defect removal range 70
0: to 90 70 to 90 percent defect removal and then I think the difference I made since you guys were here is I don't call anything a hundred percent defect removal anymore
1: yeah that'll bite you in the ass for sure
0: yeah so I say 90 plus so if you have the expectation of 90 plus then you're doing extra edge work you're doing extra time Uh, it may still be a one-step two-step or maybe a three-step but you're actually doing more time going after uh, edge work, and that's where the most time-consuming parts can be. But that's really where I would call that paint correction is um, those three levels.
1: So, excuse me, question for you. Um, on the paint enhanced, the 50% defect removal or 50% clarity or whatever, are you just doing one step or are you going back and are you polishing as well? So is that one step just cutting for clarity, and then you go back and refine it with a polish prior to... Uh, coating or whatever well or you you...
0: call i call it one step so it literally is for for paint refinement or paint enhancement it's one step oh nice look at that i did it
1: right this time
0: that's pretty cool i like that for the listeners they're actually doing that what did you call that a hard pour
1: it's a hard pour yeah <clears throat>
0: That's pretty cool. It's got three or four different levels now in the in the glass. Yeah. There are different stages of uh, – that's cool.
2: Yeah, it's infused it's with nitro. That's what, that's what does it. All right, now try it, and that should have more – Girth? More, no, more girth? no more girth. You don't need any
1: more girth. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm pretty good.
2: We're good on the girth.
0: <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Hey, thanks.
1: Definitely a lot more, a lot different? more flavor. Yeah, I actually yeah. taste the the milk now. Thanks, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Go team. Good looking out. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate you. Yeah, community. Yeah. Hey,
2: Jason, you're going to Mobile Tech Expo uh, in Orlando, it's, right?
0: Certainly. Yes, I
2: am. You're gonna hear yeah. a lot of community.
1: <laughs> Pretty much the whole entire show. Okay. Good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so anyway, get, getting back to your question, then
1: uh yeah the, okay so i'm sorry the yeah, question yes yeah, so on the ones on a one step are you is that are you going around the vehicle one time and then you're going to go ahead and put your protection on or are you going around one time and then going back to polish again prior to your
0: well, yeah so i'm glad you asked because that we, we have to define what we mean by one, one step. step correct so yeah it's one step um on the paint correction or paint enhancement and then then we get the surface what i call wax ready so you put your wax, your paint sealant, your paint coating, whatever protection package you have mm-hmm. that goes on top after this one step. So it technically it is two steps, but um, we call it one step. Well, but I hold think on. Hold what, on. You know, so what the,
2: DJ's asking? Do
1: it. Yeah, yeah. So the question is so you go around the vehicle one time to do the the enhancement. Now are you going back again to polish prior to the protection or is that one once around to get the enhancement? After that, you go straight to your coating, right? Or protection or sealant or wax or whatever.
0: That's correct. And um, in fact, to take that a, a step further, see what I did there? Um, I like that. It could actually, the paint enhancement and the protection could all be in one step as well. So you wow. could use a an all-in-one product and get it all done once around the car.
1: Gotcha.
2: Hey, cool. Jason, don't talk that kind of language. There's people, there's detailers listening. They are going to be offended.
1: Their ears are burning.
2: Offended that you would say that you could use a product and go one step all the way around the vehicle and send it and then put it out protected and that it's done. No, it's no way. That's heresy. <laughs> Well, the ones that are not offended by that are the, are ones that are making a lot of money in Business express detailing. Ones. <laughs> I like that.
1: <laughs>
2: hey, you said it, not me.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of money to be made in express detailing. There's a lot more customers. Um, you can turn the cars, turn and burn faster. Uh, excuse the phrase, turn and burn. burn but... Okay, all right.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, we talk about express tongue a lot because of you know res- potential recessions and so forth. The guys that are just doing the full blown, you know, 90 plus percent pain corrections. I mean, can you sustain with that type of that only that's your only bread and butter? I mean, if we go into, or when we go into a recession, I don't think it's possible.
0: Yeah, it's not sustainable. And uh, not only that, if it was sustainable, um, I, there's less customers for that type of service. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would assert that people actually have to work harder to get and maintain customers like that. Um, but I'm not against show car detailing and going for a show car perfect yeah, no, finish. Yeah, there's a lot of guys
1: that, that do that.
2: No, but I think what the, the reason why DJ brought that up is there seems to be in the industry right now a almost a hierarchy, in a sense, of you mentioned the really awesome shops, you mentioned the people that are spending all this money to do that, and there's this that seems to be what everybody wants to achieve is I want to be a paint correction specialist and I want to have this amazing Mm -hmm. shop. I once
1: had a business card that that was my title. Oh really? Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. And and what we're, I think we're trying to have our moment of having this podcast and try and put out a little bit of a different, uh, I wouldn't say wake up call, but like a hello. um, We've, the industry's been going on much longer than the term paint correction and it's a it's a trend but is it a sustainable business model for detailers? And I think that's sort of more of what we say like hey yeah it'd be super cool and we I mean when we've done cars that come out 90 plus you know we'd love it but we've also spent a lot of time I don't
1: like doing those. Yeah,
2: we almost don't like doing them now and it's like listen guys you can make you, you can have the appearance of what you are, or you can just go knock out 15 cars in a day and make a shit ton more money and probably enjoy your time a little bit better, too. You're not
1: all stressed out, having a, yeah. Chase. A <laughs> defects. Chase.
2: Well, yeah. the worst is if you get a little something in your pad and then you're chasing pigtails. Yeah. Oh, pigtails are the fucking worst. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. just, or you got that soft paint. Like when we had the Jeep. Ugh. Oh, to try and correct a Jeep Wrangler, you, there's no one step in a Jeep Wrangler. If it's it's four at least. Yeah. Like, you know, you've got to cut multiple cuts, you got to polish. It's a the polishing polish, is the hardest part. And then it's, you almost have two steps of finishing polish because it's so soft. And it's just, it, it takes way too long. And that $2,000 price point isn't going to be around forever. And we're just trying to help people go, hey, you don't have to do paint correction just because some coating company tells you you have to. There's plenty of other great one steps or opportunities to make the paint look really well, and still put down a coating or any type of protection you want.
0: Well, there's a couple of things to say about this topic. So, uh, I agree with you; it's not sustainable um, because of a couple of reasons. I mean, for one, the the whole paint coating as a category, um, I believe the house of cards is going to fall; mm-hmm. the bubble's mm-hmm. going to burst. Mm-hmm. Because that business, the way it's heading and the way it's going, is not sus- not sustainable. So there's going to be something that's going to change in the paint coating thing. And the only reason people are making big money on paint correction right now is because of paint coatings.
1: Oh, no, absolutely. Paint- that
0: 100%. Definitely.
1: Because yeah. the money is so always made without, on the coating. Without itself, those two correction.
0: synergies working together… Uh, That business is at risk. But here's the other thing to say about that is, um, uh, well, two more things. One thing is what is recession proof is express detailing because when people are fat and happy and they got lots of cash and they have residual income and they're doing well, um, they're going to pay for detail services more frequently on their cars. And then in a recession, if they're trying to hang on to their hard-earned money, um, they're trying to hang on to their car and make it last longer. So they're gonna pay to have that car waxed and maintained. So I think I think uh, express detailing or paint enhancement, as we call it, that is a more sustainable business. The other thing I would say is that there's a disease mm. that many detailers have
2: Perfectionist.
0: Yeah. yeah, and everybody's trying to deliver at ninety plus pin yeah. correction. Mm-hmm. The, perfectionist when the fact disease. is that you know most of their customers, they don't see the difference between ninety yep. percent and seventy percent.
1: I had the hardest yep. time, literally the hardest time making the transition. There's been times I'm like, hey Marty, this this it just doesn't look. And he's like, what Bro. did the customer pay for? <laughs> I was like, well, he we only paid X Y Z. He's like, right, it looks amazing. No, it doesn't. You see all this marring and this and this and this. He's like, dude, it looks incredible. I'm like, uh, And the client shows up and is blown away. Right. I'm yeah. like, how do you not see all this? It, it, was, it was an inner struggle. Because we have trained
2: eyes. We, we can't go into somebody else's business and do what they do. No, you're right. Because they've been trained. We've been trained to yeah. see that stuff, and yeah. they haven't. Yeah. You know? Literally, it's not in their it, mental capabilities. It was to a tough escape. disease to cure. That's for sure. <laughs> very
1: tough disease to cure. I'm free now. It is very you're free. <laughs> I am. I am disease free now. I'm, I'm uh, five fact, years clean.
0: Oh, oh, sorry, DJ. No, you're fine. Yeah. So one of the things that I teach in this conversation about these three levels of uh, you know paint defect removal is I I assert that the very professional capable detail technician is the person that can deliver on those three levels. So you can switch gears and switch tools, switch pads, switch compounds, switch procedures, switch your brain to be successful by switching to all, any of those levels and adjusting to the customer and the car. Um, now the guy that, lives and breathes on one of those levels only, that is a risky business. Yep. Agreed. So the the guy that can really be successful can and and the other thing we talk about is the for the very skilled, experienced detailers like yourselves, like your guys, it's oftentimes the most difficult level to deliver to a customer is fifty percent defect removal. Yep. They have the hardest time doing that. For the reason you just mentioned, DJ, is that you do that once around the car and your eyes still see defects and it's not acceptable to you. You want to deliver at a higher level, but customer didn't pay you for that. So you deliver at the level that they're expecting. It's called customer pleasing results. That level, not Not the level that's in the detailer's brain.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah, I like it. Completely agree. Completely
2: agree. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I think a lot of the stuff that you were saying in the training, I just kept going, yeah, yeah.
1: I like that guy. I like him. He likes you a lot.
2: All right. Um, I know you are not uh, drinking beer, but DJ, I know you said you weren't exactly amazed by it, but now that you got the hard pour, how's that flavor?
3: Still
1: gross.
2: Still gross. Yep.
1: But so when you but okay, it's got I got get flavor. it that it's gross. It's, and got, it's got it's great, got some more flavor. What flavors. do you taste? Like what's I feel, I taste like flat. Okay, so it's like if you so I put creamer and coffee in the wintertime. I I don't in the summertime, but in the, the wintertime I do. So it's like when I get my coffee and I've got creamer in it. And coffee, but I let it sit in my truck all day, and I don't drink it. Ooh. But then I need to pick me up, so nice. so I, I I'll drink it that's because exactly right. that's what it tastes exactly like.
2: Exactly right, and yep. it's like old coffee that has that. It's like yeah, it. I'll
1: drink it. Yeah, my stomach might hurt a little bit because of the milk or the creamer, <laughs> but I need to wake up again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's exactly what it tastes like to me.
2: Look, I'm not a. I mean, I like stouts, but it's it's diff- it's random stouts. Right. Do you like, like this usually, one a lot? Usually, usually, well, uh, not random stouts, sorry. Random times, like
1: oh, you, you so like like me with sours. I randomly like a sour here and there.
2: Uh, no, I'm much more random than that. Oh, okay. I Only really drink stouts when it's cold. And for some reason, today I just felt a little chilly, and I was like, "But I want to. I, wa- I felt like I wanted a stout. He
1: felt the breeze, and he just. I did. You know I what? wanted a
2: stout, but I wanted one that wasn't that dense. You know, because right? we've had you talked.
1: I like those better almost.
2: Right. Yeah. And that was, was the one. Sorry. That was the one. Yeah, you're, point, you're pointing <laughs> at me
1: again, Marty. He's got this thing with pointing at me. I just, when when I'm he talking talks, he likes him, to I like point, And I'm like, I stop know. pointing yeah, at me. Yeah, he always gets mad.
2: So, Jason, when you see him next time and you talk to him, just point at him like this, and it'll drive
1: him crazy. It really does. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh. Stop. <laughs>
2: Uh, but, uh, you mentioned prairie earlier. Yeah, they and have. Prairie has a very dense, uh-huh. it's rich. Yep. This is a little bit more creamy. My, me, why no wonder I? you like it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Marty,
2: do you have a
3: disease? <laughs> he likes his
0: cream on top. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But it was when I saw it in there. I was looking. I was going through the beer aisle, trying to figure out what to get. When I saw it, I go, "That's it. It's not for me. It's not that dense. It's just it's a smooth stout, right?" So, uh, what's the most popular stout? Um,
1: Oh, Guinness. Guinness, yeah. Right.
2: So it's it's Guinness is even less flavor to me. This is basically like Guinness with some. If we want to say cream, this would be like Guinness with a little bit of cream to it, in a sense. Yeah. It's a little milky. It's, a, it's like a, a Guinness milk, in a sense.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. So, I don't know. I worked at an Irish pub once. You did By washing didn't you? dishes, yeah. yeah. So I know all about Guinness.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. All
2: right, so Mr. Rose, let's uh, <clears throat> let's dive into topic number two. And um, that one we're going to discuss since you guys offer training, right? So, it's it's a little bit of a tea up, but we're gonna. Go at it from a diff- couple different ways. So, A, should detailers, uh, first of all, should detailers even do paint correction? And then, second off, should they go get training for paint correction? So, first of all, let's just, I'm going to throw it out to DJ first, though. DJ, what do you think? Should detailers do paint correction?
1: I think detailers should have the skill set to offer paint correction, for sure, Um
2: but you just said how much time it takes, and he just and said and that Jason you make made a lot a, more money doing and also express. A so, great point should you even do paint correction?
1: Absolutely, you should. Like Jason said a second ago, there's different tiers. So there's paint correction, and then there's the two tiers of paint enhancement. So if you can do all three of those and change your mind and your uh, your tools to adjust to what the client wants, then absolutely, because you're going to make the most money because you can you can um, cater to all the different levels of clients. Yeah. So yes, absolutely.
2: Yeah.
0: And here's another way to say that, Jason. What do you think? How
2: should detailers do paint correction?
0: Yeah, I agree with DJ. And um, another way to look at this is that the average consumer is already trained on what's called good, better, best uh, buying yep. um, options.
1: That's how I They're see. already
0: trained. You don't have to. You don't have to teach people that you have three levels and and you need to find yourself in there and pick one. They already know. They go to the. They go to the salon. They get good, better, best. They yep. go to oil change. They get good, better, best options. You go the car pretty wash. much any service, <laughs> the car wash. Yeah, good, better, oil, best car wash. Exactly. So all you have to do is lay out the three options, and they will pick one. It, I, I always like, like to go to the
1: middle one. Mm-hmm. I'm like best. Oh shoot, sure, it's gonna be a long night. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, about when uh, so when we were with Justin Lobato doing some training. He mentioned that he kind of takes that scenario but then says, you know, if you're going to go and you're you're kind of sick, you're going to go to a doctor, right? But when you're needing more than a doctor, they send you to a specialist. And he would kind of define it as, yeah, you need to then have a specialist mentality and then charge a specialist price. So in your tier setup, you would have a good, better, best, and you just want to make sure that if you're going to do paint correction, you know, you're you're a specialist, and you're going to charge according to a specialist. But understand that the majority of your business, if you should grow a business, if you're really going to grow a business, are you saying, though, then, though, that your majority of your main income should be from the, the good, better, and not the best?
1: Is that what we're saying? I I would not disagree, yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, diversified, uh, probably a good balance amongst all those would be a healthy detail business.
2: Okay, and um, when when should detailers start to go, all right, I should, A, I guess let's go back to the, the question number two. Should detailers get training on paint correction?
0: Well and it's a little bit of a tee up because we offer training here, but I would say definitely yes. However, I will be quick to say that paint correction training should be lower on your list of education and training that a new detailer would get. What do you think There's the first the first
1: level of training one should get then?
0: Should be a business side of Thank things. you. It yep. Should be business Perfect. yep. I would say business first, then um, marketing and sales. And then detail procedures and pain
1: correction and yep. all that.
0: Spot on. Yeah. And but that's not how most people do it, is it? No. No no no. Absolutely no. Not. not at all.
2: Yeah, it's the other way. We want I, to go be specialist uh, automatically out of the gate and go become this correction artist. Oh, I was that like, I was that way. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're one too. I definitely I yeah. I went and got several different training certificates, you know, in the US so
2: <clears> and and I th- I think some of the way we've have we've kind of started um, evolving in a sense is, and really some of the questions. The reason why I asked those earlier about time frame is just we'll go back to beat a dead horse. A lot of this terminology and a lot of the way that we're thinking now as an industry is only a couple years old, in a sense.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's very fresh.
2: It's very fresh. And that we're, I think we're trying to go, hey, wake up, like, yeah. hey, snap out of it. This is not, a, this is not the way you're going to exist long term. You need to go back to, I'm so glad you said that, you need to go back to actual business classes first. I didn't. I jumped out and started cleaning cars. I didn't have a clue what business was, right? I had to learn no. the hard way. There was no education. The best education would have been how to
1: understand numbers,
2: <laughs> Numbers. how to yeah. understand getting a customer and, like, Customer retention. Your, yeah, customer retention and <clears throat> how much you're spending per customer. Cost and, per
1: car, cost I mean, per day. <laughs> all that stuff. Right? You yeah. Don't, yeah. haven't even
2: talked yeah. about having a team member. Exactly. You know? So there's so much more that goes into it than just learning how to polish paint better. Yep. Uh, well, and
0: as, you, as you mentioned earlier, there's uh, in the last three to five years, there's this whole influx of uh, brand new detailers coming into the business. There's a and lot, yeah. Some, which some is of those good. guys it's good. are yeah, yeah. welcome. Some of those guys are blue-collar workers or professionals that, you know, had a whole other career going, and then they said, oh, I'm going to give up on that because I like working on cars, so I'm going to start a detail business. Well, even the educated professional people still need edu- education about a detail business, how to run that business. Um, so a lot of these guys jump in, and then they get – uh, frustrated and struggle uh, because they're like, "Hey, I have this passion for shining of cars, but my detail business is not very successful." And you know, and they wonder why. Well, it takes more than passion.
1: Definitely, yeah. Passion's a
2: start. Passion's a start. we like to say this term: taking your passion and turning it into a profit.
1: Hmm. So.
0: Oh, I like that. Yeah. I'm going to steal that. Hey, go should, for but it. make
1: sure you give him credit.
0: Only for the first two times. <laughs> After <the Adichers. laughs> that, it's yours. After that, it's
1: mine. My... Uh. All right, so,
2: Mr. Patterson, um, where else would you recommend um, that people go? None, uh, none else than the Rupes training facility to go see Mr. Rose to get training?
1: After you've done your business courses. And <laughs> <laughs> but tell
2: us about your training, though. You know, tell us, w- what is it that you guys teach? How is it? How do people learn?
0: Well, we have we have two unique things that we do. And we strive for excellence in training, as, as you guys know. We really try to raise the bar and deliver a very quality, high-level training experience. And it is about the experience. But there's two things unique, I think, about what we do compared to other people offering training. Um, One of them is that it's very customized. So when people come to our academy here uh, we don't just deliver prepared content and we don't have a set very specific agenda. We always start all of our training with asking questions and we pull out of our audience and out of our class. What are the pain points? What are the specific things that you want to learn? You know, what are the 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 struggles you're having? What are the challenges? What, what are the the drains on efficiency? Because efficiency is a big problem. So we kind of pull that out of the group, and then we customize that day's training content based on that list of things that they want. So that's one thing is we, we customize the content to every – audience so every we do lots of training here but every single class is different there's no two the same Um, so the other thing we do is we have a very healthy balance of feeding your brain in the classroom and then going to work with your hands in the garage so we kind of work our curriculum and our content is delivered both in the classroom and in the garage Uh, to kind of add value to that learning experience
2: Nice and how do people how do people get a hold of how does it go? I don't know
0: Well we just actually posted a lot of our 2020 uh, training event dates on our website so the website is rupususa.com and uh, you go on there and you click events and you'll see a whole calendar full of different classes to sign up for so you
1: guys travel though right is it is it only at your facility or do you guys have trainings in other locations as well
0: well we have 22 trainers around the world so we have a bunch of train you know traveling trainers i travel myself you know 50 of my time is not in my academy i actually get training elsewhere so yeah we uh our our company it's very important uh the education and training side so we put a lot of resources on that side of the business
2: and is it always paid or do you guys do like clinics free clinics free clinics
0: it's all over the board we have very expensive classes i would call expensive but we also have free no charge classes it just depends on the the situation um, a lot of classes that we do are actually not only done by us we partner with another distributor like what you guys did uh, so when we partner with a distributor, we we let them set the price point and the you know the content and things like that, and we just work together to make it happen.
2: Yeah, yeah, because I didn't think that one was a charge. Because yeah, they were your distributor, they were our distributor. And I think we all just kind of came together. I don't
0: think we charged yeah. a fee. Not yeah, so year that year. it happens that uh, you know you you can come here and get a training experience without paying a fee and um we do thousand dollar classes here and everything in between
1: And a pretty cool tour too
0: yeah yeah you can tour actually we manufacture here so uh you can actually see how the electric and the pneumatic rupus tools are made yeah that's pretty awesome
2: and then is there like a, a greenery tour next door or how does that go
1: yeah how does that go because i missed that oh you missed it yeah yeah
2: oh I thought that's what you were talking about. Is that, is
1: that where you took off to? You <laughs> well, said
2: you were cloudy the whole time. I don't know. I don't recall what it was. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's a great yeah, tour. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Look at the machines; they're <laughs> amazing.
0: You can get that tour. You walk out of the building and just follow your nose. Yeah. And
1: get no, you're, you're, it's true though. Like Denver, ha- Denver has that nice piney smell. Yeah, it's a
2: piney smell. <laughs> pine pine smell. Yeah. It's it's the uh, IPAs. It's the IPAs. That's what I said. Piney yeah. is IPA. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, tell us about uh, tell us about the tools that are always at SEMA and how. There's that wall. You mean the cool
1: one that they're all hung up with all different designs on them?
2: Right, and there's that wall that has like a wall. the one behind him right now. Yeah, there's that one.
1: Is that the Air Force One? Yeah, that eyes? one.
0: That one actually was a gift from the crew that did the Air Force One. I, I so had Rennie's the pleasure team? of being on that project one year, and you know that was presented to me. Uh, a very heart, heartfelt gift, but yeah, they had that painted, and it's all in an Air Force One kind of design. But what you're talking about is the. Contest that Rufus does every year at SEMA, which I think is awesome. And oh yeah, super it's cool. super cool. <laughs> really, yeah. like
1: every yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: So <clears throat> what that is is a painted polisher, but each one of them represents a custom painter in the automotive space. Or actually, lately, it's not only been automotive. Um, the latest group we had, we had somebody that paints um, helmets. Hmm. We had somebody that paints um, bicycles. Um, so there was, you know, it's not only cars. Um, we had somebody paint, uh, helicopters. So, um, but anyway, it's a painter.
2: Where's the painter that came into the pint night? And I sent Uh, him over to you. (laughs) There's this guy that came into our SEMA pint night. He was an automotive,
1: he he was a, he,
2: he painted, uh, he, I think he painted pictures. He, he, well, I I think, well, we couldn't really figure out, right? There was. He had been out there drinking. He had come yeah. in drinking. No, no, no. Well, this he guy, was. Yeah, he he was he was pretty tipsy. We couldn't really fully understand what he's saying.
1: So you tossed over to me though. Exactly. Like, exactly. Because he told me to come talk to you. Yeah. And I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Marty.
2: He, he wanted to say thank you to who was involved, and he had already said thank you like 15 S- times. To so, you, we're good. So
1: I let him. I don't go need over another to 15. Thank, thank you. You, to you. you should yeah. just let me know later on, like, hey, this guy said thank you no, 15 times. No, he
2: wanted to say thank you. Here's so seven I, and a half for you. I, like, I sent him over. But he was uh he he wasn't just a painter like he was like some type of uh, he was a
1: high end I mean yeah he, he was, was a high end, high end like yeah. would
2: paint people's cars that had a something he wasn't, he wasn't I don't cheap. know yeah. yeah like is it I'm guessing you didn't have him uh, it doesn't sound like that. oh okay well, I just, you know, it was gonna be really coincidental so you know <laughs> but yeah
0: so the we usually get ten to twelve um, polishers that get painted. And they are submitted to us prior to SEMA. We display them in our SEMA booth. And it's um, um, audience, audience participation. And How do we uh, sign people... up for this?
1: Are you going to paint? You can't finger paint them, man. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how to paint. You're not even you're like,
0: you're colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the
1: hell is that?
0: <laughs> hey, Marty.
1: Marty, the the paint by numbers things. <laughs> <by that. laughs> I would pay money to watch you. <laughs> hey DJ, what color is this? It's freaking brown, dude.
3: Like, <laughs> it looks red.
2: <laughs> Come on, we gotta have a pints and polishing Rupes polisher on display.
1: Listen, if we kill a thirty pack of cores, I'm down.
2: You hey. can kill a thirty pack of cores, no problem. Yeah, I could. Go for it. Take a couple days. <laughs> I'll let you kill that all day long. You don't want to help me? Negative. Are are you right
1: truly in? serious right now.
2: I'm truly going to go with a better beverage.
1: I don't know what. A better beverage. I don't know what beverage that would be. Truly. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you ever had a truly? He doesn't drink.
2: I don't. But he might have had one just on accident because he was like, that looks so amazing. I better drink it. Yeah, I don't think he would like no? it. No? Ah. Uh, all right, well, we need to rate this beer, speaking of beverages. I'm down. All right, one to five. We're going to allow Mr. Rose to rate his iced tea first. Oh, so Is I get
0: to rate tea? this iced tea. I don't think well, it's um, iced tea. It's, I think it's sweet tea. it's
1: sweet tea. sweet tea. Yeah.
0: You are correct. I know. It yeah, there was once. no ice. No, there was <laughs> definitely no ice in that. Um, I'm going to give it a solid three. Uh, it had really good taste. It was... 100% natural. Re- right
1: <laughs> you do what we do. We read off. Uh, what well, I taste is a, a slight hint of, what do you pronounce it? Malted barley, lactose, and flaked oats hopped in yeast. Rocky Mountain water. Hey. Rocky Mountain um,
0: water. This Rocky yeah, Mountain water so is So, yeah, clean. I would give it a solid
1: three.
2: Solid three. Mr. Patterson, no. one to five. I'm with that get- Rocky Mountain water. Woo! So yummy.
1: I'm going to go with the solid one.
2: Yeah, I knew it. Yep. I'm going to go with Mr. Rose. solid three. I knew it. Yeah, good job. Solid three, right in the middle-ish. Three out of five, that's in the middle-ish. Yeah. Hmm. Point something. Yeah, good enough. All right, so (laughs) it's time for us to tab out. Time to close out. We need to check. And Mr. Rose has the question of the day.
0: So this is a question I have for you guys. Uh oh. Is that how this works? Uh
1: huh. Or the listeners, uh-huh. right? Yeah,
0: both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Oh. Um. So yeah, I have a question, and that has to do with the uh, acceptance, I guess, um, or adoption of using system approach. Because one of the one of the things I observe about the world of detailing is. European detailers think very differently than American detailers. And Europeans, they're much more accepting of using a whole system. Like, in other words, a tool, a pad, a compound that are all a system. But Americans tend to cherry pick, oh, yeah. you know, I want my favorite tool, my, my favorite compound. And I might even mix two compounds together and make my own. Um and then I have my own pad so <laughs> never, never have we done Sounds that. Sounds like Marty. Never no not you guys. I'm talking no. about other people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so my question is, um, I guess why is that? Why why can't American detailers be more accepting of a system that the manufacturer has scienced out the synergies of these components and maybe spent lots of time and effort and resources to develop a system and then people just say, "Ah, no, I know better yeah. than that. I mean, I here's, the I here's the let, answer. Here's the answer. Yeah, yeah.
1: This is definitely your question.
0: We yeah. left Europe for a reason <laughs> many, many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was a whole tea party.
2: thing. <laughs> wow, Cheers. So, <laughs> so, Alan, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> You and your systems can stay in the old school. We Americans have progressed, and we just feel our way through. And I would love to hear his response right I now. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can we phone a friend? Like, what time is it in the U.K. right now? No, that's interesting. That's a great question. Um, I, and it's interesting because we will say that detailers are artists, and artists should use their own uh feeling in a sense their own expression to paint their display you know so to me if i grab a product and and i'm great on a ford paint but that pad and that product is not gonna we mentioned jeep right you can't not know if it, for me in my opinion i can't use generally the exact same thing on a ford paint as i could a porsche paint or a jeep paint um you you could i i don't think i could use the exact same compound the exact same pad the exact same tool at the exact same speed like it just you're not going to get the same results because the clear code's soft or hard
0: no i I would agree with you there and that's not what i'm saying because oh that's what i thought you were saying should no a system should accommodate the reality of paint which is it's it's a variable the defects are a variable, paint hardness is a variable. Are you saying,
2: like, um, in, we get this wild hair and we go, Ooh, that person said that their compound does this. I need to try it. And then the next thing you know, you got like five or six different compounds and different polishes and four or five different pad line companies. Is that what you mean?
0: That's part of what I'm saying. Um, I, I'm also saying that if a system is complete enough, then it would accommodate the variability that exists. So I'm not talking about one compound, but let's say you had a branded choice of three compounds that work within the system, three different pads that work within the system. And then if you adopt the whole system, you're going to take a tool and you're going to do a test spot and do, and find some combination within this system to get that job done. Um, But the cross branding and the jumping from you know, company to company to make up, because there's four, four things that contribute to the result on the paint. There's a tool, there's a compound, there's a pad, and there's a person. Um, if this company is scienced out three out of those four, then what makes a detailer think that they're smarter than the engineers and the product developers and, you know, to get what we call peak performance, which is the most that that system is capable of, but that's not what we do. We Americans, they, oh, I know, I like that compound, I like that pad, and I like this tool, and I put those together, and that's how I get my results.
1: Yeah, that's how we do it. Yeah, that's how but, we do it. I do have a question though. So, <laughs> no, and, and you make a great point though. But I've never, I've never, I've never tried that way. Which I'm very systematic myself. So. I'm thoroughly intrigued by the theory there. How many different are there? Lots of companies that have the whole system laid out. You don't have to. We don't have to drop names or whatever. But are there are there a lot of different choices of companies that have systems developed?
2: Well, let's let's drop names. Rupes. I know they had, do, like, for sure. Rupes has a complete system.
1: They do. Yeah, yeah. I sat through the training and I listened yeah. and I was my I, I was like, wow, this is you guys have this dialed in like to a T. Uh, yeah.
0: And that's deliberate. That's a company objective. Yeah, we, correct. Any any component that contributes to the result, we want to have control over that contribution to the end result. And I would say we're unique in that sense, but there are other companies that have a system approach. I mean, you can think of the McGuire's people. Sure. 3M has a system. Um, you know, there's other systems out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of uh you know 3d has the system adams has a system yeah, everybody's you know they have got a system t- okay yeah
2: t- t- i t- think t- though t- let t- me t- let me take your question and let me ask dj this and throw it out in a similar way because it's interesting you cherry pick and i went yeah we cherry pick because we try somebody's this and we like it and then we we try this and we go ooh, i think the two of those like I like the way this polish works, and this compound did this, and, ooh, I like this pad. Mm-hmm. I Is it because we don't feel that one company actually has 100% on every single thing? That may be across the board, even though they have a system. One polish might not be as strong as another mm-hmm. that we think fits. I in. think
1: some detailers may think that it's just this whole sales pitch, essentially. Okay. I think detailers probably think that um, – they it's, just want it's you to buy. Brand yeah, the, talent, they, the company yeah. wants you to buy every little thing they have. When no, I know this compound works with this pad, and this works with this, and I've used this and that. and, Like you're cherry picking, but I think some detailers, it's just you know how detailers think. I, it's it's more of a t- I don't have to u- like I'm not going to use what what they say. I'm not going to go buy the whole entire system because I can use this with that and this with that, and I've created good results. But I haven't. I'm I'll, I have not used the full system of your of your guy, and I'm I would love to sit and try it. Like honestly, just to see. The difference of that versus what i currently do which is i cherry pick i use different comp or i use i use one compound with different pads different you know speeds and machines well
0: and is, that, is that really what because that's interesting to me what you said because i'm trying to figure out why because detailers like yourself never tried the whole system Correct. but you've you've rejected a system well you haven't rejected it because you haven't tried it but i you're, reject, you're rejecting the concept of a complete system, yeah. And you're you're adopting the cherry picking automatically. And
2: and I so the the question why? I think my answer, if I'm going to say the answer, is price. When I look at different products, I look and go, you know what? That one's pretty similar, but it's less. Well, that one does this, and I can get a machine that's X amount versus X amount, and they're very similar in what they do, so why would I spend X amount of money for that just because it's in a system when I can cherry-pick and go similar but less price and save myself money? I've, okay. For me, my that's my answer, is price. Yeah,
1: Jason, I'm going to okay. send you my address, and you can <laughs> send me... You can send me everything you got, and I will conform to your systems. <laughs> Promise you 100%. There's
2: a, there's a detailer right there. Hey, send me some shit.
0: <laughs> no, I am not that guy.
1: But I wouldn't be And then, be opposed.
0: And then I'll, I'll make a post to my uh, my followers uh, of whether I like it or not.
1: Right <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I just want a sample. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just Always. a sample. Always like, are you samples. freaking
2: kidding me? Yeah. That's a great question, man. I like, I like it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Great question.
0: Good no, community sure question. I, I appreciate your answers because I'm really struggling with that. So mm-hmm.
2: for me, that's mine. I don't No, I... You don't have an answer? Yeah. I just don't. that you just cherry pick. Yeah, but I am
0: No, he I... had He had an answer, which was, you know, that the sometimes the system sell is perceived as just a company oh, trying okay, to that your, Okay, that was That was my products. answer personally. Yeah. It
1: was more of how, how I feel that some detailers look at those types of systems from product companies
2: okay yeah but your answer is still in a no my answer my eyes
1: are open now because i'm like you know what but you're not going to answer the question i'm I'm, if you shut the hell up (laughs) (laughs) i'm going to answer the question my eyes are open once again because i did sit through jason's training when i was foggy in denver with him and uh and i'm listening to it again now it's like you know what like yeah, it would be really cool to try out the system and see how how efficient it is and how it works. And it'd why. be cool, but why haven't you? Is his question. Because I've been I've been trained and I've that's just the what we do here in Oklahoma or in America. You just cherry pick. I, that's all I've known. I've never known to. Yeah. I've mastered cherry picking, so why change it up and do a system? That's your answer. But I do want to try it, a system. Yeah. So my it P.O. box is. A, <laughs> just want a sample of. <laughs> Each Rupes <laughs> polisher you have. I'm with the one behind you. <clears throat> I'm kidding. Yeah. <sighs> well,
0: All right, fair good. enough. Yeah. Those are good answers. Yeah,
2: it's a great question. Yeah, it was. Uh, Jason, where do people find you uh, if they want to connect to ask for those samples? <laughs> 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 If you get an if you get a DM that says pints and polishing samples, please. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my! Look at my phone's blowing up already. <laughs> hey, all, all five of your listeners have uh, DM'd to me already. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm just learning Instagram. I know it's a new thing, but <laughs> I'm not I'm not really into Instagram. Actually, I have Instagram. I have um, I don't know thousands of followers on Instagram, but I've never Rose. posted once. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, you yeah, yeah. haven't posted a single time. That shows how badass he is. I've not posted one time, yet I have thousands of followers.
0: It's, That's it's pretty amazing incredible. to me. That's
1: pretty incredible.
0: Uh, but I'm more engaged on Facebook. Um, and, uh, yeah, and our website is rupususa.com. Wow, 2,100 followers.
2: 2,142 polish, uh, polishers, followers. They might have that money. And uh, but you are following 996. But uh, yeah, yeah z- zero that. posts. Zero posts. It's all good. You don't need a post if yeah. you're freaking Jason. Yeah. Jason you Rims. got 2100 no followers. <laughs> Jason, can can you take a picture like right now with all of us together and make it your first post? Yeah. <laughs> like, would you, would you do us that honor? Like that would be amazing. Like your oh. first post was live on the Pints of Polishing podcast.
1: Maybe theory.
0: I'll do that. <laughs> I'll give you a definite maybe. Oh, here we go.
2: All right, we're gonna take one too. <laughs> Hold on, we'll take it at the same time. Turn
0: around. <laughs> oh, Turn
1: around. Oh, 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 sorry. All,
0: All right. right, so DJ, you gotta look. Here we go. Ready?
1: <laughs> Perfect.
2: That's awesome. First post. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. All right, and so I, they they can find you. Let's let me go ahead and say that
1: out. Cause, on, on Facebook.
2: Well, no. Definitely give him Instagram, a follow. His Instagram, his Instagram follow, and so everybody can go look at this picture. Is Jason Rose dot Rupes. 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 Ooh, great yeah. question.
1: How do you say? He says Rupes. How
2: do you pronounce the name of the company?
0: Rupes, but um, you have to roll the R, and and I don't know how to do that, but it's <laughs> Rupes. <laughs>
2: Nice, hey, nice. Okay,
0: I
1: like nice. That. Nicely done. Mm. All right, Mr. Patterson, where do people find you? People could find me on Instagram and Facebook, and pretty much any platform possible at DJ Patterson. Uh, you can find the podcast at Pints Polishing Podcast on all platforms as well.
2: Awesome, and you can find me on Sunday at the Pints and Polishing live event in Atlanta. Nice.
1: Yeah. Like. When this weekend? Uh, this coming Sunday. So I hope this episode's published. Before it will then. not be, but in case so. you do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> You Weird. guys missed out. This was such <laughs> a great event awesome. in Atlanta. <laughs> we'll record it, and you can listen to it.
2: But we're going to be at the Pontoon Brewery with Overalls, who's been on the uh, podcast. Okay. And uh, we're going to be doing a detailer. It's a mobile detailer meetup, and we're going to go drink beer and record an episode. Are and they going to
1: drive their mobile units bar They're to bar? Dr-
2: no, just to this brewery. There's a big parking lot, oh. and all their mobile rigs are coming out. Go drink, drink
1: have a good time, and then just hit and, the road. And,
2: yeah of course
1: <laughs> you know the,
2: everything will be swaying because of the water i mean the cops aren't gonna know you know yeah yeah, for sure yeah i mean you don't understand that but when you've got a big thing of water in a trailer it makes it move
1: oh like a big girthy body of no water. nothing to do with girth okay mm-hmm.
2: very fluid no okay. girth it's kind of more like this are you putting yeah. all your fingers in it's my kind of more now? like this <laughs> like no <laughs> girth to it it's oh. just floppy Ugh. yeah it just flops around that's disgusting yeah. All right. um, and or uh, on Pines of Policy <laughs> Podcast, uh, Total Auto Solutions, or you can text me, 918-800-1188, and that's the best way to get in touch. So, Jason, thanks so much for your time. Um, yep. Thanks. Had a great time. Really love it every time we have talked to you. A lot of great knowledge. Yeah, this is
1: nice, too. Though. I might adopt this into our podcast thing. The uh, the visual aspect? I like it. You do? I did in first. I'm like, uh-huh.
0: it. Yeah, it adds it adds it some dimension. Adds even girth, though your yeah. listeners can't see it, but it, it adds some dimension. I think you can see each other.
2: Yeah, yeah. We're recording here. It, it it adds that community aspect. I like it. Yeah. All right, cool. Jason, thanks again, man. Hope you have a great night. Appreciate all your time. We will see you at Mobile Tech Expo. All
1: right. See you there. See you, man. See ya. <laughs>